106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. How's it going, everybody? Episode 80, what a milestone. In this episode, I'm going to be reviewing Death Proof, Jackie Brown, and Reservoir Dogs, the three Tarantino movies I haven't seen, as well as ranking the uh, all the Tarantino movies, basically just the movies that he wrote and directed, you know, not any movies that he just wrote the screenplay for or co-directed or produced or anything like that. Um, I'm also going to be reviewing two new releases you got old the new m night Shyamalan movie and snake eyes the new snake eyes gi joe origins movie um so yeah hope you guys enjoy and let's get into it 2021's old written and directed by m night Shyamalan, based on the graphic novel sandcastle by pierre oscar levy and frederick peters i'll give you the four main cast members here just to save time Gail Garcia Bernal as Guy, Vicky Kripes as Prisca, Alex Wolf as Trent, and Thomason McKenzie as Maddox. So, this film, if you've seen the trailers, is about this family going to a beach where, little do they know, they rapidly age. So, you know, it, it gives you a lot of interesting things to just, like, kind of think about, kind of just, like, to watch. It is PG-13, so to an extent, you know, there's not a whole lot of gore that they really show, which I feel like this movie definitely would have benefited from an R rating. Uh, there's times where, you know, there's some fucked up shit going on, but it just kind of pans away from everything going on, so you just hear it, and, you know, I would have preferred to see what was going on rather than just kind of see the end result. Um I mean, there was some fucked up imagery in here for sure, and and some blood, but not a whole lot of blood, to be honest. Um, does this movie wow me? Not necessarily. Uh, I was entertained, and there were definitely parts that were, like, funny, but I don't think they were meant to be funny. I mean, there were some parts of humor that were actually hilarious and worked for me. Uh, specifically with Trent's character. But overall, I really wasn't too impressed with this movie. I think it could have been better than it was. There were a lot of cool ideas that just weren't fully seen through, I feel like. I'm not going to get any spoilers here because it's an M. Night Shyamalan movie and oftentimes there's twists and turns to spoil that I will not do here. There is a twist at the end, however, it wasn't too big of a twist, which might be disappointing to some M. Night Shyamalan fans, you know, expecting a huge twist at the end. You kind of see it coming, and it's not that big of a twist, really. But, you know, if if you just accept it for what it is, then you shouldn't be too disappointed by the ending, really. Um, 
personally, I wasn't disappointed by the ending. It actually, you know, wrapped things up and gave somewhat of a conclusion slash, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I can't quite think of the word I'm looking for here, but it, it wrapped things up and it didn't leave any loose ends. Maybe that's kind of what I was trying to convey there. Um, I mean, there were definitely places that it could have still gone, but it, it definitely needed to end at the point that it ended at. I think it dragged on just a little bit, but overall the premise is really cool. And, and the way that it's, uh, you know, the way that it's pulled off in this film, um, what's the exact word I'm looking for for that? The execution. There we go. The execution of this film. I, I've heard some mixed reviews on it. For me personally, I thought the execution was pretty good. I think there was a lot more kind of body horror stuff that they could have added in there that would have made a little more sense. Uh, and then there, were, then there were some parts that just didn't quite make sense at all. But that's to be expected in a kind of sci-fi-ish movie. Um, I don't know. I definitely think I'd watch this movie again, but probably no more than like twice. Uh, I feel like once you know what's going to happen in the movie, there's not a whole lot more to entertain you. Um, you know, the, the filler, the in-between stuff is what entertained me most. Um, just like watching these people go through what they're going through. But, you know, as all, as, as one package deal, um, yeah, not my favorite movie that I've seen, but I have to say I'm not the biggest M. Night Shyamalan fan. I haven't seen too many of his movies. I know I've seen The Happening, which I really did not like. Haven't seen Signs, which I hear people really like that movie. Um, I have seen Split and Glass. I did not see Unbroken. Uh, looks like he did the screenplay for After Earth, which I didn't think was horrible, but a lot of people hated it. Um, he did the story for Devil, which is that... Uh, you know, kind of haunted elevator movie, which I didn't think was terrible, but also not great. And he wrote the script for The Last Airbender, which that movie is just shit. But um, I guess he wrote the screenplay for Stuart Little, too. Nice. I used to like that when I was a kid. It's been a long time since I've seen it, so I don't know if it would hold up to my standards nowadays. But, you know, the from what I've seen... I don't think this is the weakest of his films, but it's also not the strongest. I think Split so far is my favorite that I've seen from him. And I don't even care for Split that much. I know a lot of people love it, but I wasn't the biggest fan of it. I don't know. Something about his movies just not not quite pretentious to me, but you know, some of some of the decisions that he makes can seem a little pretentious e that's not really a word but oh well um overall i enjoyed the movie and seeing it in a theater with people kind of enhanced it a little bit a little bit more i think if i would have watched this on my own i wouldn't have enjoyed it as much uh there were definitely scenes where it was comedic and definitely wasn't trying to be or at least in my eyes it wasn't trying to be but it was 
Uh, there were just some cringy dialogue and just things that people really wouldn't say and kind of characters that just seemed a little, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, exaggerated, I guess, specifically with, oh, which character was it? Let me see. I think it was Abby Lee as Crystal. I'm pretty sure. Her character just seemed very exaggerated, and I didn't quite buy into her character a whole lot. Um, yeah, her character was kind of over the top, and I mean, there are people like her in the world, but, you know, she just seemed a little over the top and exaggerated for me. But, you know, that being said, I really liked Alex Wolf in this film. I thought he was great and kind of, uh, kind of carried the movie a little bit. I think his acting was the best out of all of them. Um, Thomas and Mackenzie, I really liked too. She wasn't given a, a great script for this movie, I feel like, and not great dialogue, but I do love Thomas and Mackenzie. I think she's a great actress. I loved her in Jojo Rabbit. Can't wait to see her in Last Night in Soho, but, um, you know, I, I think she was really good as well. And the two main characters, well, technically main characters of uh, Vicky Cripes as Prisca and Gail Garcia Bernal um, as Guy. I thought those two characters were good, um, but not great. You know, it is what it is. Uh, I would probably give this movie, I'm going to give it like a six out of ten. Six and a half out of ten. Uh, didn't quite do it for me, but I still enjoyed watching it. Um, I don't know. Maybe if I watched it again, I'd enjoy it more. Maybe I'd, I'd enjoy it less. Who knows? I guess I'll have to watch it again at some point. But yeah, there's my review for 2021's Old, written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. 2021's Snake Eyes. So... This is basically a reboot of the uh, G.I. Joe franchise. We got the first one, Rise of Cobra, in 2009, starring Channing Tatum. And then we had the 2013 G.I. Joe Retaliation, which had uh, Dwayne Johnson in the lead. And now we have this one. And it stars uh, Henry Golding as the titular character, Snake Eyes. You also have Andrew Koji as Tommy. Uh, Haruka Abe as Akito. You also have Iko Uweiss, hopefully I'm saying that right, probably not, as Hardmaster. Peter Menza as Blindmaster. Ursula Corbero as Baroness. Samara Weaving as Scarlet. Uh, we also have Samuel Finzi as Mr. Augustine. And uh, Takahiro, Taka hopefully I'm saying that right, uh, Takahiro Hira. As Kenta and Iri Ishinda as Sen. Sorry if I butchered some names there, but it's uh, directed by Robert Schwentkel, and the screenplay is by Evan Spilatopoulos. Hopefully, I'm saying that right. As well as Joe Shrapnel and Anna Waterhouse, and the story is by Evan Sip Spit. Oh my God, Spilatopoulos. Probably saying that wrong, but oh well. And uh, yeah, Henry Golding was really great in this movie. I really like him as an actor. Haven't seen him in a whole lot, to be honest. I just recently watched Crazy Rich Asians. 
I've also seen him in The Gentleman as well as Last Christmas. I liked him in all of those movies. And, uh, yeah, what can I say about this movie without spoiling anything? Um, it does set it up for a sequel, that's for sure. Uh, the character of Tommy is supposed to be Storm Shadow, which you may or may not know. The G.I. Joe character's there. Um, and obviously Snake Eyes. Those are the two main characters in this film, and will probably be somewhat of main characters going forward. I don't know if they're going to do more Origins movies. I think that Scarlet would should have one at least. I think Samara Weaving didn't get enough to do in this movie, and I really like her as an actress. I think she's amazing. I've loved her in everything I've seen her in. And um, yeah, really great action in this movie. I love the, the use of like martial arts. Um, I'm usually not a huge fan of martial arts movies, but with this one, I really just enjoyed this, uh, the action and the fighting and all that. Um, bit of a spoiler here, but you don't get Snake Eyes in the classic Snake Eyes outfit until pretty much the end, which was a little bit disappointing, but I also kind of get it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of a big-ish spoiler, but... I'm not going to say anything else that's super huge here. Um, a lot of this movie, I was thinking in the back of my mind, this kind of reminds me of the Mortal Kombat movie that just came out. Um, just with certain things that happened to the characters when they were kids and, you know, just some of the fighting, some of the, uh, like, uh, Hardmaster literally reminded me of Liu Kang, um, Blind Master didn't really remind me of any Mortal Kombat character, but Snake Eyes can kind of be uh, compared to... What's his name? I know he's not like an actual Mortal Kombat character from the games. I'm spelling Mortal Kombat wrong. Let me see. Lewis Tan as uh, Cole Young. I'm pretty sure he's not like a, you know, like a um, developed game character, but... He can definitely be compared to Cole Young in this movie. And then having, you know, um, the villain kind of like Baihan in a way. And I don't know what I would compare Tommy to, really. Maybe, uh, yeah, I'm not really sure. But, yeah, overall I really enjoyed the movie. Some of the camera work, especially in the beginning, was just all over the place and somewhat nauseating. But it chilled out a little bit more throughout the movie just the beginning like you could barely see what was going on with certain fight scenes and it was just really sloppy but they seemed to fix that problem not too long after that really it it, it didn't remain consistent at least for me um yeah there's not a whole lot else to say about this really for a big movie release other than I really enjoyed it and really do hope to see a sequel. I don't know how well this is doing in the theaters, but I was in an IMAX theater and it was pretty full. Um, not as full as it was for Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. I, I was really surprised how full that theater was for that movie, which I might review at some point. But um, I don't know. I tend to not review too many documentaries, to be honest. Um Mainly because I would rather have the people see it themselves. Which you can watch that Anthony Bourdain doc on HBO Max, I believe. It was very good, but um, 
some of the subject matter just kind of hit me in a personal spot and, you know, didn't, didn't really want to talk about it, to be honest. That's as much as I'll say, just some of it kind of, you know, really depressed me in a way, just based on the story. I'm sure if you know about Anthony Bourdain, you kind of know what happened there. But we're talking about uh, Snake Eyes here, so I don't know why I got on that topic. Uh, Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins, I would give this movie an 8 out of 10. I really enjoyed it. I loved it. Well, not loved, but I really enjoyed the characters in this movie, especially Henry Golding as Snake Eyes. I noticed his accent kind of uh, kind of came through a little bit here and there, but it wasn't too obvious to the point where it's just like, oh, it's so... It's so obvious he's trying to do an American accent here, but heard it slip a couple times. Um, again, really look looking forward to seeing what they have in store for the sequels. They already kind of set up what the sequels might entail with the post credit scene. So if you go to see it in the theaters, definitely stick around for that. But it's going to be hard to miss because it's like pretty much the credits start. And then it's just like there, and then the credits keep going. So it's hard to miss, but definitely stick around for it. It'll give you some context on what they're doing going forward. Again, 8 out of 10. I really did enjoy this movie. Um, You know, not my favorite action movie by any means, but still really had a good time with this movie. So yeah, there's my review for 2021's Snake Eyes. All right, 1992's Reservoir Dogs. It's written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. It's his directorial debut, and it stars Harvey Keitel as Mr. White, Tim Roth as Mr. Orange, Michael Madsen as Mr. Blonde, Steve Buscemi as Mr. Pink. You also have Edward Bunker as Mr. Blue, Quentin Tarantino playing Mr. Brown, Lawrence Tierney as Joe Cabot, and Chris Penn as Nice Guy Eddie. The put it simply, this story is about a heist gone wrong, and uh, one of them is a rat, essentially, as they call it in the film. And uh, it was a setup, they don't know who it is, and they're trying to figure it out. And uh, yeah, has a really great cast, and it's just really well made overall. I really enjoyed the hell out of this movie, um, especially. From like Tim Roth and Harvey Keitel, those were two of the best characters. I also really liked uh, Michael Madsen in this film as well as Steve Buscemi. The other two or other few actors in this, other than like Lawrence Tierney and uh, Chris Penn, like Edward Bunker and Quentin Tarantino, really get nothing to do in this film, which is fine because you know Quentin Tarantino wrote it, so I guess it was just like his decision to not have them play a big part. But yeah, really solid film. I don't want to give a whole lot away, pretty much nothing away. But basically they have these different names, the Mr. and then a color, just so they don't know each other's identities. And they're supposed to not know any background on any of the other uh, heist members. It's really just a way to stay, you know, discreet, I guess you could say. Um... It's a pretty simple plot, but in it, it kind of does what Pulp Fiction did, um, where certain events of the movie are placed out of order in terms of, like, the movie overall. 
like you get the opening diner scene where they're all around the table talking and eating. And uh, after that, it cuts straight to the action, gets into it, and then gives backstory on some of the characters over time. Um, But yeah, again, really solid movie. Not a whole lot I can say on it because I really don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it because this movie was really good, surprisingly good. I knew it was going to be good, but didn't know it was going to be as good as it was. There were times where I really laughed out loud at certain things that people said. Um, There was one line about, like, this dude who got his dick glued to his belly. And uh, I think it was, like, Mr. White or Nice Guy Eddie was saying, like, well, how would you feel if you, whenever you had to piss, you had to do a handstand? That shit was fucking hilarious. A lot of funny lines in this. Has the typical Quentin Tarantino N-bombs in there. Not as bad as, like, Django Unchained or anything like that, but it's still there. And uh, while I don't really like having, you know, white dudes say that shit in movies, you know, I understand it's Quentin Tarantino. That's just what he does. And some people can be offended by that. Some people just be like, hey, it's a movie. But, you know, it is what it is on that aspect. I really enjoyed this for what it was. Again, not a uh, super, you know, complicated plot or anything like that. Um, There's layers to it, but it's a pretty simple plot overall, which isn't always a bad thing, especially for this movie. Um, So yeah, I'd give this a 7 out of 10. I'm not going to say it's the best Quentin Tarantino film, because it's definitely not, but it's still a really strong entry, and... uh, Yeah. Again, short review for this movie, but I really didn't want to give anything away because I highly recommend you guys go check this out if you haven't already. Or if you have, watch it again. It's a really solid film. Liked all the characters and the actors who played them. Liked the writing and the dialogue and just pretty much the whole movie overall. It's it's a lot more realistic than some of other some of the other Quentin Tarantino movies like Django Unchained, uh, where, you know, You shoot somebody and then they go sideways. Like, how the fuck does that happen? But, you know, and a lot less, you know, unrealistic blood just squirting out of people. It's it's definitely a more realistic Quentin Tarantino movie. But not a bad thing either. So, I, again, would give this a solid 7 out of 10. I could definitely see myself watching this again. But, uh... Probably not before any of the other Quentin Tarantino movies. So let's move on to the next. Jackie Brown is a 1997 film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino and based on the novel Rum Punch by Elmer Leonard. And it stars Pam Greer as Jackie Brown, Samuel L. Jackson as Ordell Robbie, Robert Forrester as Max Cherry, Bridget Fonda as Melanie Ralston, Michael Keaton as Ray Nicolette, Robert De Niro as Louis Gara, Michael Bowen as Mark Dargis, and Chris Tucker as Baymont Livingston. We also have Lisa Gay Hamilton as Sharonda, Tom Lister Jr. as Winston, and Hattie Winston as Simone. So, I'll give you the synopsis real quick. Jackie Brown is a middle-aged airline stewardess who supplements her income by smuggling arms for crime kingpin Wardell Robbie. One day, she's caught and the agents offer her a deal in order to apprehend Robbie. Robbie, however, 
is onto the threat and tries to have Brown eliminated. What follows is a dangerous game of bluff, deceit, and betrayal. So, um, what can I say about this film? It's about 26 minutes short of being three hours long. And, uh, it really has no business being that long. Not a whole lot happens in this movie until, like, maybe the last hour or so. And even then, I feel like it's just, like, really slow-paced. It definitely has some pacing issues. There's a lot of things that I feel like could have been cut out that just weren't necessary at all. I like the actors in the movie, but um, it's not like their performances, you know, carried the movie for me. Nothing wrong with the actors in general, but just the, the, I don't know, the dialogue they were given. I think Samuel L. Jackson was the only one out of all of them that I really was drawn to in terms of dialogue. Robert De Niro was a really quiet character and didn't really say a whole lot, which was fine because, like, when you have a character that doesn't really speak a whole lot, a lot of it's based on, like, their facial expressions. And even then, I feel like Robert De Niro didn't really have any facial expressions in this movie. He just wasn't given a whole lot to do for being as big of an actor as he is. Pam Greer was a really good character as Jackie Brown, but even then, I just, like, wasn't really drawn to any certain character in particular. I liked Robert Forrester's Max Cherry, but uh, he really wasn't the main character. I don't know. I just really did not enjoy this movie too much. It was way too long um, and really had no business being as long as it was, like I said before. Um, I don't know how close to the novel this is. But I I just really was not impressed with this movie at all. I found it to have real bad pacing issues. Um, honestly, I didn't really know what was happening until about halfway through. And that's a long time to not really understand the plot. Um, maybe it was just me, but, you know, it, it, it was just way too slow. And sometimes a slow movie is good. But with this, they just, like, it just wasn't enough, you know? I really did not enjoy this movie too much. I don't see myself watching it again. So I'd probably give it, being nice, I'll give it a 5 out of 10. Because it's not for me, but I'm sure it's for other people. I just really didn't find anything special about this movie other than the actors involved in it. We had some real A-list actors in there. But other than that, just, like, Not a whole lot to go off of here. I feel like maybe the book is a little bit better, but I'm not even sure about that because I've never read it and uh, never heard people talk about it. So again, I don't know how close to the source material this movie is, but based on this movie alone, I'm not really that interested in reading the book. So sorry, Quentin Tarantino, and sorry to Quentin Tarantino fans if you love this movie. This one just was not for me. Again, I'll give it a 5 out of 10, just being nice to it. um, Because I'm sure there's people out there that really enjoy this movie, but it's just not for me. So yeah, there's my review for 1997's Jackie Brown, and let's move on to the next movie. Death Proof is a 2007 film written and directed by Quentin Tarantino. 
It stars Kurt Russell as Stuntman Mike, Zoe Bell as Zoe Bell, Rosario Dawson as Abernathy, Vanessa Ferlito as Arlene, Sydney Tamia Pointer, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Jungle Julia, Tracy Toms as Kim, Rose McGowan as Pam, and Jordan Ladd as Shanna, as well as Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Lee, and Quentin Tarantino as Warren. So, I'll give you the synopsis real quick. Uh, let's see. In Austin, Texas, the girlfriends Julia, Arlene, and Shanna meet at a bar to drink, smoke, and make out with their boyfriends before traveling alone to Lake LBJ to spend the weekend together. They meet the former Hollywood stuntman, Mike, who takes Pam out in his death-proof stunt car. 14 months later, Mike turns up in Lebanon, Tennessee, and Chase Abernathy, Zoe, and Kim. But these girls are tough and decide to pay back the attack. Basically, in this film, you know, Kurt Russell as stuntman Mike is just a fucking creep, really, and a murderer. So, uh, yeah. Not a whole lot of substance to this film, honestly. Um, the last 15 minutes are when it really picked up in pace and actually got more enjoyable to me. In between all of that, it's all just kind of filler and nothing that interesting to me, really. Just a lot of dialogue, little action. The stunts in this movie are cool, but they're used sparingly. And for a movie about a stuntman, there's not a whole lot of stunts, you know. I don't know. Um, I like this more than Jackie Brown, but not by a whole lot. Um it's that last 15 minutes that really got me to enjoy this movie overall, but it's nothing I think I'd ever watch again. Um, again, enjoyed it more than Jackie Brown. Didn't really care for Jackie Brown that much, but, you know, it, it just doesn't have a whole lot of substance to it. And the story is fine, but at the same time, the motives of Stuntman Mike just don't really make sense. Uh, I'm sure if I watched like a breakdown video or something, then maybe it would come together a little bit better. But for me, I would probably give this movie maybe a 5 out of 10. That's just being nice to it. Um, but for me, you know, just not that great of a movie. I like the, you know, direction style that Quentin Tarantino went with in this film. Overall, I thought it was a very visually appealing movie, but... Again, the visuals don't make the movie. It's the story, and the story just isn't that well-developed in this film. So there's my review for Death Proof from 2007, and let's move on to the Quentin Tarantino film ranking. All right, Quentin Tarantino film ranking. At number 10, I have Death Proof from 2007. I know I said before that I liked that one more than Jackie Brown, but after thinking about it for a bit, it just really doesn't have a whole lot of story to it. It's just a lot of just bloody gore, you know, action stunts going on. I mean, the characters are great and the actors are great. But overall, there's just not a whole lot of plot there, to be honest. Um, so for that reason, I have it in number 10. I loved Kurt Russell in the movie and all the other actors as well. But... Not a whole lot of substance to this one, to be honest. At number nine, I have Jackie Brown from 1990, uh, 1997. And I have to say, with this one, it's just way too long. 
That's what she said. But seriously, it it has no right to be as long as it was because not a whole lot happened until like the last 30 minutes, if that. It, it's so slow-paced. It builds it up, but, you know, the payoff you can kind of see coming in a way. Uh, the characters are great, but I just really did not enjoy this movie too much. At number eight, I have The Hateful Eight from 2015. I like this movie. It's a lot like Clue, if Clue is, a lo like, way more fucked up. Um, it's a good movie, but it's not the best movie to rewatch because if you know the ending, it's not as satisfying at the end uh, when you watch it again. But great actors in the film as well. Uh, really great visuals, but I have to put it at number eight. At number seven, I have Django Unchained from 2012. Again, really enjoyed this movie. I've only seen it the one time, but, you know, having it at number seven just felt right. I love Jamie Foxx in this film. Um, just some of the like non-believable aspects kind of make or break the movie for me. You know, you have... A character shooting somebody and they go sideways and blood squirting everywhere which i'm fine with that's a quentin tarantino staple but it's just a little over the top with such a serious you know matter in the film but you know it, it is funny and has its moments of levity i really do enjoy this movie but not as much as some of the other films on this list at number six i have once upon a time in hollywood from 2019 I was obsessed with this movie when I first saw it and watched it so many times. I love anything having to do with, you know, crime and stuff like that. This does kind of, in a way, revolve around Charles Manson and the Manson family murders. So with that aspect, I really am interested in that time in American history. So with that, you know, I, I do have to put it at number six because... It's not the most rewatchable anymore for me. I watched it so many times I kind of got sick of it. But again, really love Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt in this film. I think they're both great. As well as um, Margot Robbie as Sharon Tate. I, I love anything that's a period piece. So, you know, you get me with that one. At number five, I have Inglorious Bastards from 2009. I really do enjoy this movie. I think it's brutal. And uh, like Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, it takes history, but puts a spin on it, and definitely goes in a, in a direction that is definitely not historic, historically accurate. That being said, you know, I really like movies that take place around World War II. In school, that was always my favorite subject to learn about. And, um, yeah, Brad Pitt's great in this movie. All the other actors that are involved as well, really great. Um, yeah, just a really satisfying movie, for sure. Uh, at number four, I have Kill Bill Volume 2 from 2004. I love the Kill Bill movies, but when it comes to Volume 2, I'm not as big of a fan. It's still at number four, so that's a pretty good spot. Um, obviously I prefer volume one more than volume two. Volume two is still a really great movie, 
But there's just something about Volume 1 that I like even more. Um, Uma Thurman's great, for sure. So, I mean, you can't watch Kill Bill Volume 1 and not watch Volume 2. At number 3, I have Reservoir Dogs from 1992. Uh, You know, since I was reviewing it in this episode, that means I hadn't seen it before. And I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It is so fucking good. Love all the actors in here. I love the plot and just the way it kind of puts a spin on it. You know, having a heist gone wrong and somebody there is a rat. I like that aspect of it. It, it. It's not super long, so it like tells its story and doesn't try to drag it out a whole lot. Uh, it's really funny as well. It is hilarious for sure, while also being brutal and just fucking disturbing. I love this movie and can see myself watching it a million times over. At number two, I have Kill Bill Volume 1 from 2003. Again, love Uma Thurman. I love this movie so much that I actually bought a replica sword, samurai sword, that Uma Thurman uses in this film. Ever since I watched Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2, I've been obsessed with it. Kill Bill Volume 1 is one of my favorite movies, not just by Quentin Tarantino, one of my favorite movies in general. I think it's a fantastic film. I love the action. I love the set pieces. I love the way the story is kind of out of order. But at the same time, you know, sometimes that can, you know, turn people off to a movie. For me, it makes me enjoy it even more because it's different. And doesn't make you feel like, you know, you're just watching it from start to finish in a way. Like, you kind of in a way, know things that are going to happen, but just still can't wait to see them. And, uh, yeah, I really love this movie. It's hard for me to explain how much I love this movie and why I love it. But, you know, the martial arts in this film, the main actress, Uma Thurman, I think is such an icon at this point, especially in my life. You know, I I can't not put this at 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 least close to number one. So that's why I have it at number two. At number one, it's pretty obvious what it is. From 1994, I picked Pulp Fiction. This movie is a classic. It's the first Tarantino movie I ever watched. And I've watched it a million times. I lost count how many times I've seen it now. It's so quotable. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson and... um, Why am I forgetting his name? What the fuck? Why am I forgetting his name? Let me look it up real quick, I'm sure. John Travolta, there we go. As well as Uma Thurman in this movie. And you also have, like, Ving Rhames and Bruce Willis, Tim Roth. Um, This movie is hilarious, so quotable once again. Uh, The action is good, the story is amazing. And uh, like a lot of, well, not a lot, but like quite a bit of uh, the Tarantino movies, it's out of order in terms of, you know, doesn't have a an obvious start and finish, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of people, I feel like, listening to this podcast have probably seen this. It's a classic. Um, it's one of the most iconic movies of all time, at least in my eyes. It's disturbing. It's fucked up. It's hilarious. And uh, such an enjoyable movie. 
So with that, that is the end of my Quentin Tarantino movie ranking, as well as the end of the episode. Hope you guys enjoyed. I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Next week, I should be reviewing Jungle Cruise, The Green Knight, and Stillwater with Matt Damon, as well as maybe some TV and other movies as well. But we'll see what I end up fitting into uh, my schedule there. So yeah, um, nothing left to say. Hope you guys enjoyed, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.